Okay, it appeared that God went back on his word, but when God, when Jonah told the people of Nineveh, God's going to destroy this city, they went down in sackcloth and ashes, and the city was spared. The people, they were spared. But God's wrath, like I said, his wrath is, is subject to his mercy. 150 years later, you find in the book of Nahum, mm -hmm. the same city was destroyed. Right. Because the prophet came and he turned around. Yeah. That say it's the descendants of the people who turn back towards God, turn towards God and receive that mercy. It was their descendants 150 years or some odd years later that were destroyed. This, the, the wrath still came against that same city. And what we see here with Amaziah, I keep getting how to say his name, Amaziah. The thing we see here about Amaziah. With this thing, when he took the gods of the folks that he had defeated and made those his gods, the man of God came to him to address the issue. The man of God came to the king, King Amaziah, to address the issue and was rebuffed, was reproofed, was said, uh, shut up or you're going to get hit again. You know, what you want to say, you want a fresh one? And and what did the, what did the uh, prophet do? He calmed down. He said, okay, fine. But. I just want to let you know God has determined to destroy you. And when we look at Jonah, we look at the people of Nineveh, as the pastor brought out here. When they, when they heard that destruction was coming, and they went down in sackcloth and ashes and, and repented before God, God spared him. And for that one reason, because his wrath is subject to his mercy. Mm -hmm. Why did God think? So that was the number two question. Number three. The result of the war between Israel and Judah in this chapter. What was the result of the war between Israel and Judah? Before you answer, the next thing that happened in chapter 25 was what? Amaziah does what? He he, he, he uh, reproves the, uh, the prophet of God. You want a fresh one? You know, why are you talking? Nobody said nothing to you. All right, get out of here. You, oh, God's going to kill me? Okay, whatever. He, he leaves. Then the, the king Amaziah, he does something. What does he do next? The next big thing he does in this chapter. The hint is in, it's in chapter 17. Verse 17. Verse 17. He, hmm? he goes to get advice from mm -hmm. someone else. St. George, the son of Jehoaz, the son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, Come, let us see one another in the face. Let's meet up. Man to man. We're going to take care of this man. Question. Okay. I'm going to frame this question with events and just answer the question as I'm framing it. Okay. So Joe, uh, so Amaziah is now calling out the king of Israel. Mm -hmm. Your people we hired you. We gave you money. All right. You guys came back and did this to us. You 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 ransacked from Samaria to what was the other place? It begins with a B to Beth Horon. You ransacked all through our people. You killed three thousand of, of, of my people, of my citizens. You know what? We need to meet face to face. I'm calling you out, man to man. That sound about like what he did? All right, after he issues this challenge. How does the king of Israel respond? Is it a thistle? Are you going to bring... Oh. 
that was in Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, Give thy daughter to my son to be to wife. And there passed by a wild beast and was in Lebanon and trod down the thistle. He said basically <laughs> you think he was hot stuff because you beat the uh Edomites. Edomites and your heart is lifted up, you boastful. You think a lot of yourself. Uh, why should you meddle with your hurt so that you can fall and all of Judah with you? Mm. That's just trying to paraphrase the uh, King James Version. Yeah, he, he. You believe he, in your height. Yes, that's it. He's smelling himself. <laughs> and it's like, you can only boast so much. Because what kind of victory was, I mean, you had him outnumbered. Yeah. Almost 10 to 1. All, almost 10 to 1. If you didn't win, then it would have just been. That's what it said. And you was trying to get help from us. Don't don't get too big for your britches. Don't forget, we're all God's people. Basically, don't let your mouth write a check. You're, you're behind. But he wouldn't cash. listen. No, he he would not listen. So he uh, he gave him fair warning. Amaziah issued the challenge. <laughs> well, who was the king of uh, of, of Israel at this time? Jehu. Je Joash. King of Israel. This is another Joash, another Joash that we've heard. Sent to Joash, the son of Joash, the son of Jehu, king of Okay, I'm, I'm mixing them up. Yeah, they, the Joash, king of Israel, sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, Thistle, etc., etc., etc. Thou saith, Lo, thou hast smitten the Edomites, and thine heart is lifted thee up to boast. This is what the pastor was saying. Mm -hmm. Abide now at home. Why shouldest thou meddle to thine heart that thou shouldest fall, even thou and Judah with thee? L listen to what he said that. The same, it's the same. It's funny. God does this and lets this happen. The same little part I noticed with what Amaziah said to the prophet. You hear Joash now saying to Amaziah, mm. lift up thy heart to boast. Abide now at home. Why should thou meddle that? He's asking him in the same way. What, you want to get smacked again? How how uh, uh, Amaziah said fresh? to the prophet? Mm -hmm. So uh, Joash is now saying to Amaziah, why would you come here and, and be lifted up? Why do you want to hurt yourself and all of mm -hmm. Judah mm -hmm. with you? All right, this seems like this is a certain like attitude that's going on in this part of the world at mm -hmm. this time. Now, does, the pastor already said that. The question was, does Amaziah back down? And the answer is? He's too dumb not to. Too dumb not to. As a matter of fact, verse 20 opens up and says, But Amaziah would not hear, for it came of God that he might deliver them into the hand of their enemies because they sought after the gods of Eden. Edom. The god of Eden is somebody.
but the gods. So does it does it kind of seem like God takes this whole no have another God before the serious? You think that's mm -hmm. it, it kind of looks that way. And this is something that we notice if you look at it from the beginning of this chapter, as things progress, we watched we talked about this in Samuel, first Samuel, where we were talking about Eli and his sons, the pernicious nature of sin. It starts off little. It starts off small. Satan doesn't come to you as a as a new Christian. You re revitalize or, or if you've come back to rededicate yourself, he's not going to come at you with bank robbery and stuff like that unless you're into something a lot worse. Mm -hmm. Okay. He comes at you with something really small, something that mm, not so much against the rules, but he starts in the gray area. He starts in the gray area. When the chapter opens up, it says that Amaziah, Amaziah, Amaziah thank you. Amaziah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. He went from that to taking the gods of the people he defeated to trash talking and threatening a prophet to now going to war against Israel. These were God's chosen people before they messed up. But these are also the people he was asking for help. Exactly. Just in this same chapter. So we're watching how sin, the purpose of sin is not just to destroy everybody that, that it can work through you to destroy. Mm -hmm. Sin's purpose is also to destroy you. Right. The, the vessel that sin is being, uh, as it's being uh, propagated throughout the world, the vessel that it uses, it's eating that up too. So as we watch this battle, this war that Israel and and uh, and Judah go up against each other. So by the by verse twenty one, so Joash the king of Israel went up, and they saw one another in the face, both he and Amaziah king of Judah at Beth Shemesh, which belongeth to Judah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Amaziah has home hometown advantage here, mm -hmm. home field advantage. And Judah was put to the worst before Israel, and they fled every man to his tent. What happened in verse 22? What do you see happening in verse 22? Israel is put to the worst. What does that mean? It was something enough to cause people to run. Exactly. It says here in the notes here, Joash decimated the army of is of Judah and captured Amaziah. He beat them so bad. I'm sorry. Israel beat Judah right. so bad that they were able to capture Amaziah. And this is with Judah running away. Think about chess. What's the most powerful piece on the board? Queen. Ah, many think it's the queen because she has the most capable moves. She can go the most spaces. She can she can go in uh, any direction. The only move she can't do is the knight's move. However, oh. it's close, even closer. 
I would say the pawn is more powerful than the queen. But what's more powerful than the pawn? What? Yes. You capture the king, you end the game. And the question itself, actually the question itself may seem a little, not seem, is a little bit tricky. Because I did ask which was the most powerful piece. I didn't say which was the most important piece. You're right. So, but the most important piece is the king. You guard him with everything. You will yeah. sacrifice in chess a queen or a pawn, even a pawn about to hit the back row of your enemy's camp that can be turned into a queen. You will sacrifice any of those to save your king. Mm -hmm. Even the more, you're right, even the more powerful pieces, you sacrifice for the more important piece. Right. And right now we see that Judah's most important piece was Amaziah. And now Amaziah, checkmate. exactly, exactly. He's checkmated. So what does the king of Israel do? Once he defeats, um, he defeats Judah, he sends Judah running every man to his tent. The king of Judah is now in the custody of the king of Israel. Verse 23. Took him to Jerusalem. Mm hmm. Break down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim to the corner gate, 400 cubits. And he took all the gold and silver and all the vessels that were found in the house of God with Obed Edom and the treasures of the king's house and the hostages also and returned to Samaria. And Amaziah, king of Judah, lived after the death of Joash, son of Jehoiaz, king of Israel, 15 years. But that's, that's after this is done. Now, there's a name here. Well, first... So the king of Israel now has the king of Judah in custody. Did he take the king of Judah back to Israel and make fun of him and like, you know, pluck out his eyes like they did Sam, like the Philistines did Samson? Did they do anything like that? No, where did they go? To the wall. To the wall. The wall around Judah, the capital of I'm sorry, of Jerusalem, the capital of Jerusalem. The capital of Judah. They go to the wall and what do they do to the wall? Break it? Well, if the wall was broken down so easily, what kind of defense is that if they could just come there and break the wall? Of course not. They come inside the gates and they break down the wall because uh, we have your king. Open the gates. Yeah. Gates are open. You break the wall from the inside. Climb on top of it. Break down. 600 feet of wall. Broken down. Why, why do you think they would do that? Why would Israel do that to Judah? Break down that wall. It's a security thing. It's a security thing, okay. Your wall, your wall represents your power and your security, mm -hmm. your fortress. Exactly. And that's the word you the word I was looking for. It represents your security, your protection, your, your strength. Protection. All right, is the wall. Because if all else goes wrong, you retreat behind your walls and wait it out if you have to. Mm -hmm. But if you take six hundred feet of wall, that's like from that's like that block from uh Pearl Street to Silver Street. You take all of that much of a wall and just break it down from the gate all the way to the corner. Nothing's holding people out. Nothing can hold people out. But then you have this gaping hole to remind you that you right. are not secure. Mm -hmm. When I was in the army, we had this thing. We had to do um, 
we have a, a, a building called the SCIF. It's the Secret, Com Secret Compartmentalized Intelligence Facility. And there's a gate around it, or a fence around it. It's a regular chain link fence. And on top of the fence, there was a barbed wire, concertina wire, you know, goes all around it, you know, it's like, like this and like a, like a slinky when you pull it out mm -hmm. with the old razors on it. So we have that all the way around the top. And I was looking at it one day and I was talking to the sergeant and I said, you know what, I bet you I could climb up over that right there. I said, is that really secure? Is that really going to keep people out? And he said, no. It's not gonna keep. It's not designed to keep anybody. I'm saying, well, what do you mean it's not designed to keep people up? And what he told me, he said, sometimes what we're doing is we're just manufacturing the illusion of security. People walking by, they see that some people will look and not even try to break in because they oh, they got razor wire and things like that. It's just an illusion. It's not meant to keep people out, but just the thought will keep some people from trying. Others, if they're determined, they, they will come in. But the illusion will keep some people out. Where Satan is concerned, he likes to give us the illusion of security. Mm -hmm. Remember we talked about walls a couple of yeah. uh, chapters back? And then here we have Amaziah trusting in numbers. Yeah. It's the illusion of security that sin and that the, that the, uh, the enemy wants us to trust in. Mm -hmm. And it's not until that illusion is broken. That God actually has, well, he has a chance the whole time, but that God takes the chance to show us that he's the thing we should be secured by.